We're talking over the last month about the I Am statements of Jesus in uh, the book of John. And today we are in John chapter 11, the I Am statement that you'll see right there in the middle of that chapter in verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. And that's appropriate today because that is exactly what we're going to be celebrating. If you have your Bibles or follow along on the screen, we're going to go through this story that's found in this chapter and we're going to get to that statement that we just looked at. Now, the context, the setting, Jesus has been ministering uh, north of Jerusalem, up near the Jordan River. We're told in, in John chapter 10, working really alongside John the Baptist, great things are happening. But at this present time in his ministry, he's very distanced from Jerusalem, very distanced from the city that you'll see mentioned here, or actually the village of Bethany, which is a suburb, if you will, of Jerusalem. And living in that particular place in Bethany are three of his best friends, a brother by the name of Lazarus and two sisters by the name of Mary and Martha. And in verse 3, Jesus gets bad news. Lazarus is very, very, very sick. It's bad news. Maybe you've had some bad news in the midst of your Easter celebration, and you can kind of understand how Jesus may be feeling at this time. Matter of fact, we're told that Lazarus is sick unto death, that he's not going to make it. And so, Jesus didn't do what you would expect him to do in that situation. Somebody calls with an emergency situation, you'd expect Jesus to leave immediately, go to be with his friend, those folks who are dear to him, go to see what he might be able to do about what's going on in Lazarus' life. Bible tells us that he waited. Matter of fact, he waited three days before he left to journey from northern Judea down to Bethany. Three days before he leaves to go see his friend who's on death's doorstep. Now, we're going to read part of this passage, and I want you to listen carefully because you're going to find three characters in this story who also die in some fashion. Lazarus was placed in a tomb. Lazarus was in a casket or a tomb much like this one. But there were other people who died in some form or fashion in this story. And the good news about Easter, the good news of resurrection power, is that in, no, or in whatever fashion that you find yourself dead, the resurrection power still works. Listen carefully, beginning in verse 16. Then Thomas, remember Thomas, what's his nickname, guys? Doubting Thomas. Thomas, who was also called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, after they got the news that Jesus would be headed into a danger zone, why don't we just go that we may die with him as well? And then in verse 17, Jesus came. He found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany near Jerusalem, many of the Jews who dwelled in Jerusalem had joined the women around Mary and Martha to comfort them concerning their brother. 
Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. And Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection of the last day. And Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And we're going to have a talk right here. When I read something like that on Easter, and you hear that you may die, but you're going to live again, that requires some response. Let's go with amen. Amen. And I promise you, if you guys don't get with me and help me, I'm going to preach a long time. I'm going to preach right into Easter lunch. Okay? So let's try that verse again. I'm the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he will live again. Oh, this is going to be good. It's going to be good. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. And then Jesus looked at Martha. Listen to what he said. Do you believe this? Do you really believe this? Guys, there's a lot of ways to die, isn't there? Even though I'm fully alive, I've been dead a few times too. I look across the crowd here today and practically all of you look to be alive. Practically all of you. Some of you I'm not quite sure about. We'll test the waters. And as Jesus tells this story about death that became life, it focuses really on Lazarus who had been placed in an apparatus, something like this, and he'd been there for four days. He was dead, really dead. Before Easter can mean anything to you, you've got to come to grips with the cross. You've got to understand that Jesus really died. He really died. It wasn't a hoax. It wasn't circumstance. Jesus really died. Lazarus really died. Really died. Life had gone out of them. But there were also some characters, as we read through John chapter 11, that had some deadness about them as well. First is Thomas. Thomas later, his doubting became even more pronounced as he uh, said, I don't even believe that Jesus has come back to life. Though folks testified about it over and over again. Remember what Thomas said? Unless I see him and I place my fingers in his scars, I'm not going to believe. And so he had this attitude of doubt, an attitude of sarcasm. And he said, well, I I guess we should just go and die alongside Jesus because they were going into an area where Jesus was not popular. And I have to be honest today, I'm a lot more like Thomas than I want to admit. There are some times, and this is terrible, for the preacher to say on Easter Sunday morning, but there's some times in my life, in my spiritual life, where I allow Satan to infuse me with doubt. How about you? Ever doubt that God is on the throne? Ever doubt that God cares about you? Ever have any doubts about 
the fact that he's not doing what you want him to do in your life? Have you ever shook your finger at God? Have you ever just wanted to say, God, if you don't do something for me right now, I'm not going to believe. I'm not going to trust you. You see, the truth of the, fact, the matter is, is that many, many, many times you and I start to doubt God, don't we? We do. We get so distanced from Him. We, we get so confused about Him. We get so broken in our lives. Things happen. We pray. Nothing seems to be coming from heaven. Trouble sets in. God doesn't do what we think He should. The disease gets worse. The pain gets worse. The marriage is disintegrating. Life around us seems to stink. And doubt set in. It's amazing how easy it is to begin to question and doubt God. Thomas was dead in his doubts. And I dare say that in a crowd this size, there are some of you in the midst of the Easter season when everyone's talking about the resurrection power of God, there are some of you who are skeptical and doubting because you don't really feel the power of God in your life. Secondly, the younger sister, Mary, she sort of demonstrated some deadness, didn't you? Didn't she? In the Bible, when we're introduced to Mary and Martha the first time, Jesus is in their house visiting. He's come for dinner, and Martha is back in the kitchen cooking. She's doing what she needs to do to be a hostess, to be a cook. She's the woman we want to marry, guys. She's getting it done. Now, Mary, on the other hand, she's out in the presence of Jesus. The Bible says she's kneeled at his feet, and she's worshiping him. Mary's cooking. Martha, or Martha's cooking. Help me. Mary, when I get down on my knees, it's hard for me to get up, and I'm already starting to worry about it. <laughs> Martha's cooking, and Mary's worshiping Jesus. She's a worshiper. She's in love with Jesus. and She's sitting at his feet. And now the rest of the story. Jesus is late. Give me a hand, I'm up. <laughs> Jesus is late. And this woman, Mary, so in love with Jesus, so glad to be connected to Jesus. Here's he's coming to town. The Bible says Martha runs out to greet him, and Mary, what'd she do? She just sat down and refused to leave the house. She was dead in her discouragement. Lazarus was dead. Jesus was late. Everything in her life seemed wrong and broken. And I know this morning, I read a statistic the other day, one out of every five people deals with depression. There are two depressed people on your row this morning. See if you can pick them out. I get depressed sometimes, don't you? When the bills start to come in and the check doesn't seem big enough, I get depressed. I get discouraged. 
When I pray and God doesn't seem to answer, I get discouraged. When relationships seem difficult and sometimes impossible, I get discouraged. When I see people around me suffer, I get discouraged. So easy to die in your discouragement, isn't it? So easy just to sit down and never, ever allow God to speak to you again. That's what was happening in Mary's life. She wouldn't even get off the couch. Wouldn't even go out and see Jesus because he had failed her in her mind. Feel like God's failed you? Martha, she went out to see Jesus. And you know why she went out to see Jesus? Listen to me. She went out to see Jesus to give him a talking to. Now I want you to witness this scene. Just kind of look at it in your mind. Martha sees Jesus coming into the village. She gets to him. She gets her pointer out. Ladies, you've got the pointers. I have been talked to this way by women a lot, by the way. That's why I understand how Martha was talking. Jesus, if you had been here, if you'd been where you needed to be, if you were the kind of man you should be, Jesus, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't be dead. He wouldn't be dead. You did this. You allowed this, Jesus. She was dead in her delay, just in the delay. Now, let me tell you something. Mary made a, or Martha made a big mistake. She forgot that God's timing is not like other people's timing. She underestimated resurrection power. She couldn't understand that even though it seemed too late, that nothing is impossible with God. Delays irritate me. Here's what's going to happen to a lot of us today. We're going to leave church and we're going to head that direction towards Florence to find a good restaurant, or maybe you just happen to live that way. And we're going to get to, right out of this building and the Catholics are going to start pouring out of their building. And the first church people who ought to be here but go there are going to start pouring out of their building. And we're going to get behind all those other religious folk. They're going to Get in our path. There's construction there. We get a little closer to town, other people start to flood in our way. And if you've got to go to Florence, you better pack a lunch. <laughs> I don't like delays, do you? You like to go to the airport and they tell you your plane's delayed? I especially don't like delays when I've told God what he needs to do. Is that the way you pray? Are you like me? God, I've got a great plan for you. God, here's what I want. Here's what ought to happen. Here's how I see it. Get busy. And sometimes when I snap my fingers, for some reason, God doesn't respond. How about you? How many times have you said, God, I'm sick, please heal me? God, I've been praying for this person that I love to come to Christ, to come to salvation, even to come to church, God. And it doesn't happen. How many times have you said, God, would you please shape my husband up? 
God, would you please let my wife see the light? And for some reason, they don't see it. And, and your relationship is struggling. Maybe you're here this morning and you're single. And you're praying, you're praying, you're praying, you're praying for a mate. You've been to eHarmony, Plenty of Fish, Christian Mingle, Christian whatever. And you're praying and you're playing on the computer. You're begging God to send you a husband or send you a wife and it's not happening. Maybe you're a couple who's praying for a child. and Other people breathe on each other and get pregnant, but it's not happening in your life. And, and you're praying and you're praying for that. It can be anything. But God doesn't respond how you want Him to respond or when you want Him to respond. And something inside you just dies. You're dead in the delay, in the timing. You see, what I think this morning on Easter is this God, when he talks about his resurrection power, isn't just talking about folks who physically die. I think he's talking to all of us who die a little bit every day. We're broken, wounded, discouraged, sick, heartache. You see, I think his resurrection power is available to those who are still alive, but who are dying. Jesus looked at Martha, and he taught her a lesson that it's taken me forever to learn. When I think about the resurrection, when I think about Easter, when I think about what Christ did on the cross and how three days later when He really died, He came up and came out of the tomb. He rose again. When I think about the resurrection, I always see it as a historical event, as a, a moment in time. And when I talk about resurrection power, I think about Jesus bursting forth from the grave. But Jesus said long before that ever happened to Martha on the street in Bethany, Martha, I am the resurrection and I am the life. It is not an event. It's a person. It's Jesus. And in your life, every moment of every day, He abides. He walks with you. He's there for your discouragement, your depression. He's there for every burden of your heart. He's there when the prayers aren't being answered. He's there when you don't know where else to turn. And He is the resurrection and the life. Do you believe that today? Jesus asked Martha, do you believe that? Do you believe that? You see, faith and faith alone activates that resurrection power. And when you sit down and when you give up, when you turn your back on God, when you scream to the heavens and curse God, you're forgetting that He is the resurrection and the life. He's hope when you're in despair. Peace when you're in conflict, salvation when you're lost, the resurrection, and the life. Well, I guess it's good to know that Jesus finally, finally, after being three days late, 
after talking to everybody he saw on the street, that he finally made it to the graveyard. That's a fancy word for cemetery, by the way. He finally made it. And I want you to see this scene because all of those folks who had been saying all along Jesus was a fraud, the Jews had come from Judea to ridicule, to mock, to say to Mary and Martha who'd believed in Him, He's failed you. They've all gathered in that graveyard. And Jesus goes over to the tomb and the Bible says in a loud voice, He said, Lazarus! When somebody's dead, by the way, you got to talk loud to them. Right? Lazarus! Lazarus! Come forth! They're starting to laugh even louder. Jesus is yelling to a tomb. Lazarus! Lazarus! Come forth. You could have heard a pin drop when the stone started to roll. Oh, wouldn't you have loved to have been there? Oh, the stone started to roll. Rolled and rolled. And here comes Lazarus. He's been dead four days. The Bible said in the King James, look at it, he stinketh. I bet he did. (laughs) If you couldn't have seen him, you could have smelled him coming out. He stank. Can you imagine those first few steps? His pupils are adjusting to the light. He's got bed hair. He looks awful. Their legs, I'm 50-ish, barely. When I get out of bed first thing in the morning, you can hear me. Stuff is popping and cracking, and, 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 and it sounds like popcorn kind of. And that's what's happening to Lazarus. He's barely moving. He's been dead four days. Finally, he gets straightened up. And I don't know because it doesn't say this in the Bible, but here's what I think he did. I think he went, yes! (sighs) Resurrection power. Resurrection power. That's what Jesus could do. Why was anyone surprised a few months later when he didn't stay in the tomb? They should have known something was going to happen because it was Jesus. It was Jesus. And it's the essence of Easter. Let me tell you, that same voice, that same voice that said, Lazarus is calling your name this morning. It might be really loud because some of you are pretty dead. Some of you are pretty discouraged. Some of you are pretty broken. Some of you are pretty far from God. But that same voice is calling your name. And if you're afraid to believe, if you're afraid to trust Him, just remember, if somebody can defeat death, he can do anything. You might say, God, you don't know how wrecked my life is. God, you don't know how stupid I've been. You don't know how sinful I've been. You don't know how terrible my marriage is. You don't know how bad my finances are. 
If God can defeat death, he can do anything. He can do anything. Well, here's the fact. If death is your greatest fear, it ought to be. Because one day it's going to happen. You might avoid me hitting you with my car. You might avoid going broke here in life. You might avoid eating bad stuff at White Castle. I don't know. You can avoid a lot of stuff, but you can't avoid death. One day, one day, if your family doesn't choose to uh, cremate you, you're going to live in a place like this for about three seconds if you know Jesus. And then you're going to fly to heaven. The Bible says that your spirit, the moment you close your eyes here in death, that your spirit, for those of you who know Jesus, will go join it. And then later in those last days, your body will be raptured to heaven to join your spirit. Here's what it says. Here's the good news. It's going to be a new body. I've been thinking about this. When I go to heaven, I'm not going to look like Kenny Rogers anymore. I'm thinking Justin Timberlake, right? (laughs) Woo! I'm going to look like I've been to the gym when I go to heaven. I'll probably be able to sing when I go to heaven. I'm going to get a new body, and you're going to get a new body if you know Jesus. Your body, your spirit is going to soar, and your body is going to rejoin your spirit, and you're going to live forever. You are going to live again with Jesus. Say amen, because I got nothing better than that to say today. There is no better news. You're going to live forever with him. In this life, you can die a thousand deaths, because this life was never meant to be our eternity. And God will lift you up. And you'll rise to heaven because of his resurrection power. You see, Easter really does matter. It really matters. It matters more than anything else that will happen in your life. It really matters that you listen and hear and believe when Jesus says, I am the resurrection and a life. And he'll look at you this morning just like he looked at Martha and he asked, do you really believe? Do you really believe? I pray that you do. I pray that you know Christ and his power and you're going to live forever. That's my prayer. Father, we come to this moment where we are asked to take a stand, to claim your promises. We're asked if we really, really, really believe, and if we do, then we'll follow you. There are some folks in this room who are are, are spiritually mentally, emotionally dead.
just dead. Your resurrection power, the hope for a new start, for an answer, for a better life is available today. Available. There's some of us who dread eternity because we're not sure, we're just not sure what it's going to look like. Jesus said it well. I am the resurrection. And if you believe in me, you will live again in heaven. There's no fear. No fear of death if you believe in the resurrection. And so whatever burdens on our heart, whatever fear, Father, we lay it at your feet at this altar today. Or as we stand and sing in these pews, we lay it at your feet. In Jesus' name. Just a moment, I'm going to ask you to stand, and then I want you to know that here on my left and on my right, communion's available. There's no more appropriate time to spend with God than to come and share in the cup and the bread and say, thank you, Jesus for dying for me, and even more importantly, for rising again. So come with your family and share in that this Easter. Also, the altar's open for those of you who feel dead, for those of you who want the resurrection power of God. I'll be here to talk with you, pray with you, share with you. Don't miss Easter. Don't miss it. Don't leave here without the power that only God can give you. Allow Him to change you. Allow Him to give you joy, peace, and hope. Stand with me.